With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You know, listen to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Intercom Studios in the Miracle Mile. I'm with my man, Greg Bing. It's not in studio, but I got him on the line. GB, what it do? What is up, Keith? How are you, man? I'm kind of fired up right now. You're a little fired up. You got a little juice in your tank this morning, huh? No, I mean, we just talked to Nambi. Yeah, a go. I know you do all the time, but yeah. I, I haven't done that in years, so. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go, man. I'm excited. That, yeah. that kind of got me pumped up. Oh, yeah. We, we got a great interview. A great interview with Nandi Asamoah, one of the top corners has ever come out of Southern California, has ever played in the league, GB. You talk about a four-time all-pro selection. That's three, hard to do. Yeah, a three-time a three pro bowler. A guy who's made, you know, about $100 million in the league. He's now transitioned over into Hollywood. We got a terrific interview with him talking about his young days, uh, kind of growing up in, in the South Bay and playing at Narbonne High School and taking it on to Cal Berkeley and so on and so forth. But we'll get to that interview when we get a chance. But, you know, right now, GB, we're talking recruiting. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. What you got for us? So we got it's all about you know no no pun intended or segue intended it's kind of worked out that way but Cal where Nobby played landed five commitments over the last week Cal, Cal right now Keith is rolling the Cal Bears Cal Bears baby that's right California Golden Bears the sighting Justin J Wilcox is so they went into Arizona and did some serious work there landed a couple of players from Liberty High School in Arizona linebacker Ryan Puckus. And defense men Braxton Quatro. I hope I, I think I probably butchered both those names. A little bit. Uh, Braxton Braxton Quatro, uh, Ryan Puckett from Liberty. Um, also Bradley Archer from Livermore tight end, a really good looking tight end, and also Elijah Majaro from Orange Blue out here in Orange County. Uh, so they signed a couple of tight or not signed, got a commitment from a couple of tight ends, uh, and both these guys can go. I like both of them a lot. And then also staying with the Arizona team. Uh, how about Brett Johnson from? Desert Vista High School in Phoenix, 6'3", 245-pound kid. So, nice job for the Cal Bears picking up some big commitments. Also, God, these names, Keith, these names. Uh, Hang in there, GB. To the Washington Huskies, I had a couple players. Yep. Menlo Atherton, Noah Nagalu. Okay. 280-pound D tackle. That's a pretty nice pickup right there. You can never have too many big, strong, physical, interior linemen. The Huskies do a great job recruiting the Polynesian players right now. Them and USC are both kind of the, the poly whispers. You're going to Washington, you're going to be going to USC. Speaking of USC, Washington beat out USC for Kai Mutu, Hawaii defensive offensive lineman, Sama Paima, I hope. Sama Paima. That's Blair big. Blair will probably laugh at me, and he needs to correct me. I should have called Blair to figure out the pronunciations. 
It's pretty big pronunciations, time. as Popeye would say. So, yeah, nice. You know, this guy was a USC lean before he visited Washington, which he did this past weekend. Took that visit to Washington, and he decided to give out a woof for Coach Peterson. Oh, that's big time Washington right there. Huskies. Oh, yeah, that's nice. So, we nice. had a whole lot of players taking visits uh, all over the region. The Washington Huskies uh, hosted a, a lot of players. Zach Charbonnet from Oaks Christian was out there. Uh, Jude Wolf was out there. Jacob Bandis uh, from Pittsburgh. California, up in the NorCal area, was out there. Oklahoma hosted a ton of players. Isaiah Rutherford, unofficially. Uh, Darion Green-Warren, unofficially. Although he told me, and Darion's only a 2020 guy, that he liked to visit so much. Keith, he, almost, he was minutes away from committing wow. as a sophomore to the Oklahoma Sooners. He was born out there and lived out there until he was seven. So he's a native. So that was kind of his dream school, and they've offered him, and Darian was really buzzed about that trip and uh, said they showed him so much love, and he really liked it out there. And then Chris Neal took his official visit to Oklahoma as well. Bookie Radley uh, was a guy that all those guys were able to check out. And I haven't talked to Chris about it yet, but I'm sure Bookie probably hosted him. So Chris will be going to LSU this weekend, and then uh, I know he has trips either set or he's setting them with Florida and USC, and that fifth visit could go to a lot of schools, Texas, South Carolina, maybe Miami, maybe Oregon. So he's got some Texas A&M also. He's got some really good options uh, as of right now. Jaden Daniels, the big-time quarterback, visited Utah. Uh, now, Utah's actually making a, a pretty sizable push for him. Kayvon Thibodeau was at Florida State. Micah Pittman was at the University of Florida for the second time, and Micah will be at Georgia this coming weekend. Um and right now, I actually think Florida might be the team to beat for Micah Pittman. He's a, uh, a West Coast kid, a Calabasas kid, but uh, his pops played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's very comfortable out there in that area. And I think the Gators might be the team to beat right now for Mr. Micah Pittman. And then just got some new offers real quick. Throw some of these uh, new offers out there. Uh, really good-looking, long uh, corner safety. I think more of a safety. Javin Wright from Hamilton. Uh, he's a 6'2", 6'3", kid that can run. Yep. Uh, UCLA and ASU both offered him. Elijah Blade, one of our favorite guys, Keith. We had him on the show. We probably we should probably get Elijah back on the show. Oh, we will. Update, right? No question. So he's basically right now, I mean, you can make an argument. He's the number one Juco, for sure the number one Juco DB, but maybe the number one Juco defensive player, period, on the, on the board. He got Miami, and he's gotten, I mean, name a school. Uh, he's gotten Alabama. I believe he's gotten LSU. I mean, he's gotten offers from everybody. So Elijah's going to have... Uh, three to play two. He won't need that. He won't need that redshirt year. He's gonna two to two to play two or shoot one to play one. Right? Yeah. He goes in there and kills it. So, um, Mikael Wright uh, came out with his top eight: Alabama, Arizona, Michigan, Oregon, Washington, USC, Texas, and Tennessee. Uh, interesting uh, group right there. Um, I'm not sure Oregon has their huge spring game this weekend. I'm not sure if he's going to that, but uh, we'll have a, a recap of that next week because Oregon is uh, hosting uh, a ton of players from all over the West Coast and the Western region. Uh, Michael Wright's teammate, uh, Javon Wilson, linebacker, running back, is going to be up there uh, visiting Oregon. And I think they're actually the team to beat right now for his teammate. So I know Mikhail likes him quite a bit as well. Cameron Davis out of Upland, a UW commit, got an offer from Vanderbilt. Uh, Mikhail Wright mentioned him earlier. He got a new offer from Illinois. Um, Aiden Hector, a really good-looking uh, 2020 DB from Eastside Catholic. They're a powerhouse in the state of Washington. He got an offer from Arizona, as did uh, Mark Perry from Ranch Cucamonga, the University of Arizona, making some putting some DBs out, uh, DB offers out there. Stephen Ortiz from Desert Edge High School, a 2021 kid, also offered by the Wildcats. 
Miki Ayu. I love this kid. Kahuku told a story about him last week, how, you know, he stepped up in that 7-on-7 game and said, hey, you want to disrespect my my coach? I can't even speak. Disrespect my coach? He stared this guy down during the coin flip, and the team was done, Keith. Gave a little little eye of the tiger, Mr. T. I like it. The first fight against Rocky. Just (laughs) intended him right there for the coin toss. Oh, yeah. And then a guy we might talk about a little bit later picked up his first offer. Oh, Brendan Costello from San Clemente High School got Air Force. Hopefully for Mr. Costello, that'll be the first of many. So there is your recruiting notes for the week. I want to get back to Oklahoma really quick, GB. Go. What do you what do you make of this, Coach Lincoln Riley? And the Oklahoma Sooners gonna make a serious push for the national title of recruiting in the 2019 class? What do you think, GB? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they do a really good job. I mean, I think Oklahoma gets it. You know, they're one of the few schools. I'd, I'd throw Alabama in there. I would throw Ohio State in there. Uh, you know, locally, I'd Washington, USC. But schools like Oklahoma have a big name with national titles. They're obviously a great football team. They could recruit off their name alone. But they have a staff full of grinders, including a head coach that understands how hard you have to work. And they are proactive. They out-recruit teams. They don't settle by saying, hey, our name is enough. So they really get after it. They've had great success, great success recruiting the West Coast. I'm going to call Bookie Radley a, uh, a West Coast kid. Grand Calcaterra is going to probably blow up for them this year as a tight end. I mean, they got, they got dudes every year out West. They're making a huge push. And I absolutely think they're going to compete, not just for a, a national title, on the recruiting front, but I think they're going to be, you know, competing for a national title in the next couple of years on the football field too. They're really establishing uh, some some pipelines into the key areas and doing some big things. I like what they're doing a lot. I'm a fan. I like what the students are doing. No question about it. Got to give a huge assist to Buki Brendan Rally House. If you ask me, GB, um, the biggest get for Oklahoma wasn't signing Buki Radley as a ball player. It was about signing him as a recruiter. Kids are going to want to follow him. They're going to want to play with him. We know about his legendary social media following. He is going to be the catalyst for number one or top five classes over the next three years. You can mark it down. The kid has an inordinate ability to get people to follow behind him and allow him to lead them. And he's doing the same thing that he was doing when he was committed to Nebraska and had all the entire country following him to Nebraska. Now everybody following that train, that Buki train, all the way to Norman, Oklahoma. Buki, Brendan, Riley, Howes getting it done. Also, dynamic head coach Lincoln Riley. I think Oklahoma is set up for a huge, huge recruiting year. And also, like you said, GB, on the field, they're going to be big time. So uh, we appreciate you, GB, with all the recruiting news and nuggets. I love what you just said. I totally agree with it. But, you know, about Buki, dude, it really is like he really has developed almost like a cult following, right? Not not just among, you know, your recruiting geek fans out there, but I mean, among actual elite football players. What is it about this kid? You know, and we've seen it. You've known him since birth. I've known him since eighth grade. It's, It's really amazing that it doesn't matter who the kid is. They always they kind of just gravitate toward the guy. He's just a pod piper, um, and you know what, GB? It doesn't start with Buki. It actually starts with his older brothers. Um, they were the same way. His older brother, his nickname was Shockwave. And when we used to go to football camps together, he had this towel that says Shockwave on it. And then all the other kids who we played with or against, 
all your shockwave, shockwave, shockwave. They have an ability to get people to engage them, buy into them, follow them, and it's really, really unique. Um, and, and I'm telling you right now, the kid is going to be a marketing genius by the time he gets done playing with football. Somebody better oh, sign man. this kid to a marketing Absolutely. deal because he's going to blow somebody's brand up. He might be the transparent truth marketer. Don't don't worry about that. But uh, hey, what man? It's, he's all he's an Adidas guy right now, through and through. So all that marketing has already done a done a lot. And, you know, Darian, you know, Green Warren told me he was already he's already starting and had a great great game in the spring game. So he's coming in and not just being a, a marketing guy, man. He's gonna he's gonna make some plays next year as a true freshman for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He's born to be a ball player. Knows the game in and out. Loves the game. Eats, sleeps, and craps it. And he's gonna be a big time player. <laughs> Cut out of that Tyron Matthew mode, and you better be ready for the entire country to be on that Buki train in a minute. Uh, it's gonna be a fun ride. I can't wait to see him do great things at the college level. So, GB, we appreciate you. It's time to move on to our sleeper of the week. Time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, GB, I think you got our sleeper of the week this week. I think you already mentioned him, but go ahead. I kind of teased it, didn't I? I kind yeah, of teased little bit, a little bit. A little bit. And uh, we might be a week behind because the funnest part about doing a sleeper is maybe a guy who hasn't gotten an offer just yet. But how about Brendan Costello from San Clemente? A little, you know, undersized, but not undersized, if that makes sense. Depending on what system you want to run, he's six feet. Uh, maybe on a good day, we'll give him six and a half, but he's a hyper-athletic quarterback with a strong arm and a guy can rip it uh, at the Nike camp. I'm going to call it the Nike camp because it's, it's quicker and easier as opposed to the SoCal opening regional uh, whatever. But uh, had one of the top transparent truth ratings at the camp, the 104 rating, the kid ran 4.68 on a day that nobody ran fast. 38 vertical jump for a quarterback, Keith. Yeah, that's, that's big time. Shabby. 38 yeah. vertical jump. And again, the kid's got some tools, too. He's not just a guy who can run around. I mean, a guy can spin the football. He's got a live arm. Obviously, the kid loves the weight room. And you can, you can tell it in, in his body and how he plays the game. But, you know, he's a tough kid. You know, he's a gamer. He's a gym rat. He works really hard. You know, we had Jaime Ortiz from Sacramento a few weeks ago talking about him as just being a, a guy who loves football. You know, so at the quarterback position, you got to have a guy who's a gamer, a gym rat, who loves it. And that's Brandon Costello. So, Six feet, about 190, 185 pounds or so. He can do, do some dual threat things, but I think he can fit in in a lot of different systems. A lot of different systems. I think he's pretty unique. I think he's a good football player. He put up numbers last year for San Clemente, and he will do it again this year, Coach Keith. So that's why Brandon Costello is our fit sleep sleep of the week. Congratulations, Brandon Costello. Speaking of Brandon Costello and that San Clemente one-town, one-team, 
uh, situation over there, GB. They got a big draft party going on for uh, your guy, Sam Darnold. Coach Jaime Ortiz invited us out. Are we going to make that? Or is the Transparent Truth going to be in the building, GB? I don't know, man. What do you think? Is that something that we should do? I, yeah, I think we should do a live show. What do you think? A live show. I don't know. But part of me wants to, you know, just let let the family enjoy the moment. Other sure. part of me says, sure. shoot, this might be fun. Yeah, no, it, 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 it. We'll, we'll figure something out. It sure as the heck is going to be fun. I'm so happy for uh, that family, that football team, that community. That's a big-time accomplishment, and, and, and I've been in that situation before kind of as a supporter, and it's, it's really, really special. You won't see a dry eye in the entire building, so uh, got to get a chance to get out there, man, and, and share some of that love and, and embrace those people, and should be a lot of fun. So San Clemente High School, Brandon Costello, Sleeper of the Week, Sam Darnold, he ain't no sleeper, but uh, looking forward to him going number one in the draft, as we all predict. So moving along, we got to let people know about the winter circle. All right, listen, everybody, and I'm talking to you parents and you student-athletes. This is the off-season. This is your time to get better and improve. Come the fall, that's your chance to showcase yourself in front of big-time scouts like me and recruiters across the nation. Now, there are a lot of guys out there that claim to be trainers. They grab a whistle, grab a couple cones, but it's just not that successful. What I'm talking about is going big-time. Invest yourself into something special. Call my guy, Jordan Campbell, at Winter Circle Athletics. It's a facility in Corona, California with world-class, state-of-the-art technology and equipment that creates world-class athletes. They understand human performance, health and wellness, and they customize programs to meet your athletic goals. They train specific for your sport and position. The Winter Circle has 50-plus Division I athletes over the last three years. They've added to a 50,000-plus square foot facility, and they also have a prep academy for 8th graders to 6th graders that concentrates on athletic development, social development, and academic development in their newly renovated facility. The Winter Circle Athletics, you can contact them at Winter Circle athletics.com all right and we're back so uh yeah go visit our guy jordan Campbell out there at the winter circle man out in corona he's a big time developer of talent tremendous facility he's got the ie on fire but not just the ie orange county la uh ventura county san fernando valley whoever you are wherever you are get out and go see my guy he does a great job developing players uh, in the classroom, outside the classroom, on the football field, and in the weight room. His, his number speaks for itself, and I, I think you would really give yourself an advantage by going to see him and start working with my man Jordan Campbell over there at the Winter Circle. But Dude, I, w- I want to see Keith Miller go through a session. I want to see you got to do a transparent video. You, 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 you don't want to. You don't want to see that, GB. You I want, do we all want to see Keith Miller doing one of his? Well, I've seen do the videos that that Jordan and this guys do are pretty intense, man. I want to see you. Put, I want to see you, Keith Miller, get put through one of those. That'd be that'd be a lot no, of fun no, to d- watch. L- listen here, GB. L- l- let's let's get something clear. If you ever see me in a fight with a bear. Throw honey on me and help the bear out. You you don't want to see that, GB. You don't want to see that, cause okay, cause when I when I got to be a dog, Chris Peterson ain't got nothing on my wolf. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. I want to I want the fans to see the real. Side of Keith Miller that they've only heard you talk about. No, because that's a Keith Miller from 20 years ago, GB. I only bring it out when I have to. And you're saying you don't have to? You don't want to? You don't want to do this for the fans? You, no, you, you said, see, see, keyword was want. I said have. You said want. See the difference there? I want, I want, I want, and I have to see. You. <laughs> I know, I know. Jordan would love the chance to, to kind of put you to the work. Yeah, as long as I don't have to bend my knees, GB. Too many surgeries, <laughs> but. uh yeah, we'll see about that. So, anyways, we got a terrific interview. My man Namdi Oswald, Namdi Island is what we used to call it. Tremendous friend of mine. He's the 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 godfather of my 
second child, which is my older son. GB, any thoughts kind of going into this interview really quickly? Yeah, I mean, like you said, and we talked about afterwards, just a regular guy. And like, you know, he started off just kind of just a, a guy you would never have guessed would be the number one corner in the NFL, the highest paid DB in the NFL. And talking to him today, it, it, it's like I was talking to the same guy from high school. Yeah. So I, I love that he has not changed once, but still a good, just a beautiful soul, beautiful human being. GB, and, and I tell everybody that um, who knows me or that I've spoken to about my guy, Namdi, is the best person that I know besides my wife. He's the best person that I know. He's inspired me to be a better person. Um, ever since I met he and his family, his older brother, Jokey, is is my oldest child's God's father. Um, he, Their family has inspired me to do everything right. They've inspired me um, to be the best me that I can be. And uh, just a tremendous person who gives more of himself and his resources to others than anybody that I know and uh, I think it's evident by all the awards and accolades that he's earned off the field, GB, um, that speak to that. Just a humble human being, man, Keith. You, you should, he, should, he needs to rub, rub against you a little bit more, teach you a little bit, of, a little more humility. That'd be that'd be a beautiful thing. I'm only I'm only serious. Let's, let's listen to the interview. Yeah, let's let's, let's get to it. No more me being humble or me not being <laughs> humble, GB. Let's get to the interview. Here we go. Nandi Asamoa. NFL All-Decade Team for the 2000, UC Berkeley grad, and just a big-time guy in all. Here we go. All right, right now we'd like to welcome in a good friend of mine, a Southern California legend in high school football, and also the four-time All-Pro Namdi Asamoah from the Oakland Raiders, San Francisco 49ers, Philadelphia Eagles. Noms, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm, uh, I love this. I love this show. Yeah, man, the transparent truth, baby. We finally got my guy on. I got my man GB on the phone. And I know we kind of got to jump into it. You got things to do and you got a busy day. But um, just Greg for... Biggins, Greg Biggins was one of my biggest supporters when I was in high school um, over there at Student Sports. Um, Greg, we, Greg, you, on Greg it. you remember the back then. <laughs> he says you were, his, you were his intern. I was an intern. I was an intern at Stu Sports, man. I was trying to get my name out there. Nobody wanted to pronounce it, so I said I have to work with the people that can pronounce it. So there you go. You guys got it out. It was good. Dude, Namdi, Namdi made recruiting calls for us back in the day, Keith. Like he was literally a guy <laughs> who was like a he was a telemarketer. He, I'd say, Namdi, here's a list of guys, and he already you know already committed and signed with signed with Cal. So I'm like, hey man, here's some top guys to get some information from them. So Nami was worth, worth the phones, and I don't think he ever broke anything, unfortunately. But dude, he was awesome. He was he was the best intern pro ball we ever had. I, I, I never had the scoop, but I, I tried. I mean, I, I tried. Hey, and it's day, all that matters, Nami. We just want we just want an effort out of you. Yeah, no question. So let, let's get to high school really quick, Noms. You went to a couple different high schools, kind of growing up. Kind of take us through that journey really quickly. I did. I played uh, my freshman year. I played at Losinger High School. Uh, played football there. My sophomore year, I played at Bishop Montgomery High School in Torrance. And then uh, my junior year, I played at Narbonne. My senior year, I had transferred into Westchester. I was getting ready to play at Westchester um, because the, at Narbonne, I didn't live in the district, so they uh, so I had to get out of there. Um, and then our athletic director. Uh, really fought for me to to stay in at Narbonne, and then they they passed some sort of the Namdi rule, and and I was able to 
to get back into Narbonne. So I transferred back to Narbonne and played my senior year at Narbonne and graduated from there. Well, sometimes when you're a six foot three safety, they kind of make provisions for you. Exactly. <laughs> I guess that's what you're trying to tell us. But so you, you, you know, in the age of transfer, Eric Sondheimer, the LA Times writer, just came out with an article the other day. There's over 7,000 transfers already this year in Southern Cal- in Southern wow. Section football. Um, you moved around quite a bit. What are the reasons um, that you kind of moved around? You talked about a little bit about uh, interdistrict stuff, but what, let's talk about from losing it a bishop, yeah. then from bishop to Narbonne. Yeah, none of it. You know, nowadays you, the kids are moving around because they want to find a, a, a better football team, or they, you know, they want to find you know that match because everybody's thinking about the next level. And for me, that was what eighteen years ago or so. Like you don't, no one was moving around. To, to find the better football team, it was you. You found you were you were at your school freshman year, and you stayed there, unless you were a, you know a basketball player like Shea Cotton or something like that. You were you would find a different school. Um, and Keith, you also transferred a couple times, but for me, it had nothing to do with <laughs> football. It was you know it was, it was just trying to find the right fit as far as the school and you know making sure that I had my head on straight. Losing her wasn't that my freshman year, and then Bishop Montgomery definitely. Uh, you know, wasn't that, and then we found the right fit with Narbonne. So it was really just finding the right fit, um, athletically and academically for me. Well, when you're a special athlete like Shea Cotton and, and like myself, you kind of got to move around and get yourself in the best situation. But moving <laughs> right do, along, moving right along. Now, you were the top rated safety in the country coming out, of course. We, you know, I remember that time like it was yesterday. Talk a little bit about the recruiting process and what helped you choose Berkeley at the end of the day. I did a lot of work on my own, man. It just, it, you know, we didn't, we didn't have the, you know, I'm keep talking about this. We didn't have like the Twitter and the, the Twitter the angles and the, 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 uh, you know, all the internet angles that guys have nowadays. We were just, you know, what I did was I would put my, I would get all the tapes from all the games that we played, and I would make a highlight tape and I and I'd send it out to schools and start doing recruiting on my own. And guys would start calling me back. I'll never forget um, Terry Toomey at UCLA. They they had no clue who I was, and I sent them my highlight tape and with a, a letter attached to it, and just hoping that someone would read it. And uh, and he was one of the coaches at UCLA, and he called me the next week and said, "We watched your tape. We had no clue who you were." you are now the highest rated defensive back on our entire list. And, you know, and that was just from doing the work on my own. I got a visit to Notre Dame and a scholarship offer from Notre Dame because I sent them my tape. You know, it was just, it was a lot of hard work on my own. You know, I don't know the the recruiting sites that you guys have now, but I see it, the stuff pops up all the time where you get a, a one guy's highlight tape and they're they're putting it online. And what what's the what's the main website, Keith? Help me yeah, out. Huddle. Huddle. Yeah, Huddle. 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 That's right. Yeah, yeah. So Huddle. We didn't have any of that. So it was a lot of hard work on my own and and figuring it out. And uh, and that's how the recruiting process really started for me. What what made you choose Berkeley? Because I know you were a huge Charles Woodson fan coming out. You used to sit Big and Charles we used to fan. yeah we used to watch Woodson films together, but. What made you choose uh, Berkeley over Michigan? Because I knew you were a big Michigan guy, and big talk Michigan a little guy. bit about that. I, yeah, I went to uh, I went to the Michigan uh, camp. I went 
I went to the Michigan camp of my junior year. It was, uh, it was either going into my junior year or going into my senior year. With all of the top players in the nation, we were out there. Chris Sims uh, was, I think, the number one rated guy then. TJ Duckett might have been number two. Um, but all the top guys were out there, and I got offered a scholarship to Michigan. It was, it was a big deal for me. And, you know, right off the bat, I thought, you know, I'm going to Michigan. This is where I always wanted to go. So I had a recruiting trip set up there, had one set up at UCLA, had one set up at Notre Dame, and had one set up at, at Berkeley. And I thought, you know, that's, that's going to be the bulk of it. That's what I'm going to do. But I always wanted to go to Michigan. I took my Michigan trip on December, I think it was December 5th or something. It was when, it, I don't know if you remember, like, UC, uh, you would never remember this, but UCLA had to play, play Miami. Miami. Of course I remember. Are you kidding me? You remember that? We talk about they, that all the time, to, don't we, GB? It, it was supposed no, to be absolutely. the end of the year. Absolutely. I think I, a hurricane happened. For me. What's that? No, I said, dude, I remember your whole recruitment. I'm, I'm, I'm loving just having you retell the story. I have some questions popping up in my head, but I'm loving te- you listening to you tell the, the whole story all over again. Now, I mean, keep going. You're rolling, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I took my Michigan trip, and it was, uh, I think it was that exact same weekend. I think UCLA was supposed to play Miami early in the year. I think there was a hurricane, so they had to move it to the end of the year. And I took my trip um, to Michigan at, at the end of the year. So I'm, I'm there, uh, you know, A-Train, uh, Thomas is, is my host, and, you know, I'm there with Tom Brady. And, you know, we're just, we're having a good time. Um uh, I think there were some other Kansas State. There were some big games that were happening that weekend. But I just remember being there and being in the freezing cold and it just, you know, snowing and like this blizzard just like and watching UCLA play Miami on TV, you know, at the same time. And I don't know if it was highlights or it was the actual game, but I was like, what am I doing in Michigan? You know what I mean? Like, hmm. what am I doing in this, you know? Southern California boy, right? Yeah, yeah. I was definitely a California guy, and so so that was kind of you know that was it for me. And I was on a trip to Michigan with you know TJ was there as well, Ricky Manning, like a lot of a lot of the top guys. And then I ended up in my head, I was like, no, I'm going to UCLA. Like that that was where it was. I'm going to UCLA without a doubt. And I took a trip to UCLA the next weekend and had the greatest time of my life. J.P. Lossman is another name, was a friend of mine, was on that trip. It was just, it was going to be a great class. I was going to be there um, with this, you know, with the team that they had. And uh, my mom said, uh, you've got some family at Berkeley. (laughs) You need to consider going to that school. Hmm. And I said, uh, well, I'm not going to Berkeley, of course, because they're, you know, their football team doesn't match up with the other. And she didn't care anything about football. She was like, it doesn't matter about their football team. That's where you're going to go. That's where your family is. And I fought and I fought. And that's and the decision was made, basically, by my mom. And I ended up going to Berkeley. And, you know, I tell people this all the time. Uh, you know, it was the greatest four years of my life being at Cal. You know, football-wise, we had some ups and downs, and we ended on a high point. Jeff Tedford came in for my senior year, and we, we really turned the corner. But... It was the greatest four years that, that I could have ever had, so I was very grateful to go to Cal. GB? 
No, I was going to say, we were close back then. I, I, I would think back back then, recruiting was so much simpler, and there wasn't all that team fight, so you got a chance to really get to know players. And I knew, you know, I was super tight with Nandi, J.P. Losman, the name you just threw out. At that time, yeah. you had told me, dude, Dundee, I'm going to UCLA. Like, as soon as you got that yeah, offer, that's right. you're like, the Dundee, right. and they had they were rolling. They had to the number one recruiting class the year before with, with Deshaun Foster and, and that whole group. And that's right. That's I, remember, right. I remember you told me, Hey, I'm, I'm going to Cal. I thought you were joking. And I was like, no, seriously, you know, what, what are you doing? And you're like, no, I'm going to Cal. And like you said, that time Cal, you know, wasn't good at football at all. And I, I was, I think we're all just kind of stunned because you and I think there was uh, Atari Callen who ended up going to yeah. Cal. Um, I thought, yeah, you know, Kyle you, Bowler. Ricky, yeah, I thought you guys were all going to be, well, not Cal Bowler, but I thought you, Atari, Ricky, were all kind of the package DB deal uh, to go to UCLA and, and keep yeah. that thing rolling, but and I, I was stoked for you, and because I know you made a decision that was not just about football, but the crazy thing, Nambi, was, you know, we, I remember. Do you, do you remember this? We got you a personal trainer. I'm not gonna name his name. He was a little bit weird, but we got you a trainer because one thing about <laughs> Nambi was he, he had that six-two-six-three frame. Yeah, and he played safety. But I know everyone was saying corner, right? But back in the day, Nambi, I don't mean to you know throw stones at you, but you're about a four-seven guy on a good day. Yeah, he needs to get some some little little bit more, you know, more stuff, more juice in his in his quads, his hamstrings, his butt. And yeah. he got you this guy to work with you. He you worked a couple times. You stopped. And the guy was like, "Yeah, Nambi doesn't really want to work hard. He's kind of lazy." And I'm just thinking, <laughs> shoot, Nambi's going to go to Cal, and uh, we're never going to hear from him again. <laughs> Ends up playing a lot as a two freshman, first round <laughs> draft pick. I mean, it's one of my favorite stories to tell, just because I mean, I think Keith mentioned number one safety. You weren't the number one guy. I mean, you, you became the number one guy, but out of high school, I think a lot of people yeah. were kind of like, Michigan offered this guy? Who's Narbonne? What's Narbonne? Yeah. What, why, right. why is he going to You're Cal right. if he's that good? So, so I just wanted to know, right. when you went to Cal, what was your mindset? Uh, you know, obviously, not from an academic standpoint, but just from a football standpoint, how motivated were you to get on the field right away? And just how hungry were you that first couple of years when you were up in Berkeley? Yeah, I'm, uh, and I'm going to go back a little bit. I, w- I had this very, you know, a lot of times people have their awkward stage, you know, early. <laughs> it might be in junior high or something. But I got to tell you, my sophomore, going into my junior year, the so- when my sophomore year ended, um, I was five, nine and a half, mm-hmm. like five, nine and a half, five, ten after my sophomore year. I shot up my junior year that summer. I got to like six, one. And then my senior year got to like six two, so I still, I was so awkward, like trying to figure it out. And I remember, <laughs> um, I remember coming into your office and and you know a couple people saying, "Boy, you really should look at playing corner." And I was like, "I don't have any like I can't get my legs under me. I don't, I can't run. I'm still trying to figure out." My my arms were like down to my ankles. Like I didn't know what was going. On. Keith, you remember those? Of, those of course. And just lanky, just grew over the summer, and everybody's like, "What?" It was kind of like, uh, "What's my the baby guy giraffe from, uh, out of the womb?" And like Anthony Davis, yeah, Anthony Davis. But what's my guy from the Trailblazers? Um, uh, point uh, the, the CJ CJ McCollum. McCollum. Yeah, go go look at his high school. <laughs> he's like a midget, like five one. Yeah, and then and now he's like six six. So it you know it was uh, it was an interesting turn for me. So I, I definitely had those those sort of bouts um but yeah i i never i'll never forget blogs weren't really 
hot. I think they were, you know, you have the startup system with the internet. I'm trying to make it sound as old as possible. <laughs> it was like, you know, it just it just didn't turn over very well. And so I'll never forget, like, I, I, I committed to Cal. And uh, Greg and Steve, they had me on a, uh, a blog, some sort of blog that was very new. Um, and we were, tr- I, I was answering questions after I committed to Cal. And I'll never forget, like, all the fans that were on there were just, like, destroying me for going to Cal. I, I wish I could find it. Like, they were like, you're going to Cal. What a, that's a terrible place. You, all the UCLA coaches thought you were coming to UCLA. And they're going after me and going after me. And I kept, I spent probably 15, 30 minutes, however long we were on there, apologizing for choosing Cal. And I'll never forget Greg, and Greg probably doesn't even remember this. I'll never forget, we finished and Greg called me and he was just like, Sandy, you don't have to apologize for choosing the college that you chose. Like, that, you chose that. That's the football program that you're going to play for. That's the school. You're, gonna play. you're always going to have these fans that want you to do something else. Don't apologize for that. And I'll never forget it because it changed my whole mindset. It was like I started to get this unapologetic you know, I'm going to do it my way and there's nothing you can say. And, and Greg, I never told you that, but that was a huge sort of moment for me. No, so I remember that uh, back you know, in the day, what it, what it was, I, I think we had a, a website. We didn't, there was no rivals yet. It, we, we had a studentsports.com page and we had a chat function where we could actually bring in right, players right. and they would answer questions. And like that's you said, right. man, you were getting killed. But, you know, I've only been to like two or three UCLA football games my whole life. It's just... I, my kids play games, right? But I went I went your freshman year just to see you because you guys were playing at UCLA. And oh, if wow. I remember yeah, correctly, you guys, never, you guys shut them out that game. So it, I right. feel like that was Andre Carter who just went berserk like he always did. You guys had to, yeah. to shut out. But it was kind of funny because you had all these UCLA fans who were just talking so much noise in this chat room. I do remember that, Dombi. And then your yeah. freshman year, you go out there and you guys pitch, pitch a shutout and uh, – I think Corey Paz was their quarterback at UCLA, and, and he was. You guys, they got nothing against your defense, so it was just fun to, to watch. Yeah, you know, and the, obviously and, your and, career and, just and then took the, off. And then the very next year, we ended up beating them in overtime. I took a pick to the house. I had sacks. Yeah. I was, and so it was like it was always good when I played against UCLA because I always had a, a strong game, and I always remembered, you know, that moment when everybody was going after me. But yeah, the, the decision to go to Cal and and. And getting there was, you know, it was great. It's your college experience. I always tell people it's, it's not about the school that you go to, but it's about the, you, you know, what you make of it. And, and uh, you know, you see a lot of guys that go to schools that their football team wasn't very great, and then they come out and they, they do great things in the NFL. So, you know, I think when you're going through it, you have a tough time realizing that but now that I'm on the other side of it I can tell that to people all the time like it's it's what you make out of your experience and then and then Greg also I believe Greg it might have been my sophomore year I finished my sophomore year and I you know I had a really strong year it was kind of a surprising year because I was coming off a broken ankle and you know no no one ever expects much out of me and you know and I was able to sort of shock everyone and Greg said I, I saw Greg at a Stanford uh, Nike camp or something. Yep, yep, uh, or, or something. And I feel like Greg. I feel like you said, "Hey, I, you know, I'm I'm predicting that you're going to go at the end of the first round, whenever you decide to leave, or something." I can't really remember how it went, 
but I know that you said that. And and then two years later, I get drafted second to last pick of the first round. Yeah, and a buddy of mine, Lonzo Carter, is like, remember Greg said you were going to go at the end of the first round? So Greg has been Greg has been there, a big supporter of mine this whole time. So I appreciate that. No, but you know what's so funny? You know, me and Keith are both big NFL draft guys. But, uh, again, you know, you, you kind of overlook out of high school. I remember you talked about getting killed by UCLA fans, but when you got drafted number one, I remember reading people, oh, man. the worst number one draft pick of all time. People were oh, killing man. you. Oh, what are the Raiders I was doing? The worst pick. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like for you? Here's the happiest part oh, of your man. life, and you're getting killed as being called the worst first-round pick of all time. Oh, man. I, I'll never forget. I went to Atari Callen's house. I used to go over there all the time. And, you know, his grandma was like a grandma to me. So I would always go over there. Any time I went over there, you know, she would cook. And we're in Oakland. Um, you know, that's where he's from. Uh, you know, that's where I got drafted. So I'm over there. I would go to his house. And, um, and, and you know, she. I would see, like, she had, she treated me like I was one of hers. Like, she had stacks of newspapers and she would only get them if it said my name like and she would show me like oh i i found another newspaper another one of your newspapers and she's passed away since but i i would look at these papers and i would see them and then one day she she gave me one i'm so proud you're on the cover of of this the oakland tribune and i looked at the cover this is my rookie year and it said worst Raiders first round pick of all time. This is my wow. rookie year. Wow. And I, I'll never forget and I was looking at it and she didn't even know that I said <laughs> that. She was just she was just happy that I was on the cover and she's so excited. I'll never forget I took the paper and I, I you know, I threw it away. She never saw it again, but and I never told her that I was taking it. But I was just so embarrassed by the fact that she had that in her presence. And then, you know, Two years later, you know, I come onto the scene and they're saying, you know, best corner in the NFL. And it was just like, what a, it was a whirlwind. But again, it was putting in the work when no one else was watching and, and making sure that I could be the best that I could possibly be. Hey, you, you mentioned, you know, the, the real Coach Carr. You mentioned Alonzo because he talked to me a ton. I know he did a lot of your, your combine testing, right? He did a lot of your training. Yeah. And yeah, you could you right. could have went to you could have went to anybody. You could have went to you know, I know people have these million dollar facilities and you decided to stay with you know with Coach Carter and he was kept telling dude, G B he's gonna run four three, he's gonna go four four, you should see how fast he's going. I'm like, Why are you training him, Alonzo? Like why isn't he with like Tom Shaw or, or <laughs> something like that? He's like, dude, that means my guy I go, Yeah, it's great, but I was almost like I wasn't upset. It's almost kind of like thinking, dude, Alonzo, you should let him go with someone who's better. And I was telling him this, too, you know, on the phone, and he's like, GB, I got this. I got this. So then you went out and just Greg, you're blew the, up the combine. Greg, you did it. You did it. You're the one that said stop apologizing. So I just started doing things on my own. I said, dude, I you know, that. The, the thing about Zoe was Zoe and, and Keith and, you know, was a lot of my um, – my closer circle these were all guys that were motivation for me my brother you know there's there's just a list of of these guys that were not yes guys for me like if i had a bad game they were going to tell me everything about if i had a great game they were going to talk about the one play that didn't work 
and I'm just going to have to sit there and like just take it from to make sure that I don't do that again. You know what I mean? So I trusted them to a on a different um, sort of scale, and and so though I said, if anybody's going to be honest with me, it's going to be him, and that's who I want to train with. And you know, he, he just taught me a lot, and and I was able to, and I shocked a lot of people again. Right. With the with the forty time, you know, like no one was when we when when I did the uh, the forty at Cal and ran a four three seven. Everybody was like, "Oh, this is let's do it again." And then the second time <laughs> I ran a four three eight, you know. So it was uh it's been a a, a a roller coaster sort of. It was a, sort of a roller coaster for me ever since high school, um, but really great. Dude, I remember no Zoe, no 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 joking. He'll tell you that Zoe was literally calling me, giving me minute to minute updates from your pro day, saying, "GB, he just went four three again." I'm like, "No, he did not. Stop with that." I was thinking, you know, on, on your best day, you're going, we're going low four five, maybe high four four. But again, you know, I was proud of you, man. We all, the whole student sports family, kind of adopted you, and you know, we, we, back up a little bit now because again, we, again, Keith and I always talk about upside. You know, not just how good you are now, but how good you, you know, the real good evaluators can kind of look at a kid like you, 6'10". You mentioned, you know, long and dangling, like a baby giraffe out of the womb, right? Just all arms and legs, but just a really good football player. You always played with a mean streak. You had an edge, big hitter, ball awareness, made plays. But you got so much better. I want to know, who was your DB coach at Cal those first couple years? Because... Uh, again, if I, you know, watching you from your senior year of high school to maybe your junior year at Cal, you made a huge leap. And I, I got to assume you had some, you got some really good coaches at Cal, at Cal, didn't you? I did. I had some really, really strong coaches early on at Cal. I, I mean, I think my whole time at Cal, I had some really strong coaches, but I never really focused on one position until I got to Cal. I mean, in high school, I was the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver, kick return, punt return. I was playing corner. I was playing safety. You know, I was kind of just doing whatever was needed on the team, and that's how I was able to sort of get my name out there. But, you know, when you get to college, now you're actually lifting weights. Like you're actually watching some film. You're, you know, you're playing one position. So I think it was just that level of focus that helped to transform me. Before that, it was just fun and games like we were playing at the park that sort of thing so you know I think the focus and that can that can probably happen anywhere you know I always say and I I know how it is now I know there there are all these um I was at a Laker game with Keith he was showing me the seven on seven uh uh what happened to seven on seven it's kind of like AAU basketball now it's like the it's year round and and all of that stuff you know i didn't have that we didn't have any of that stuff so i when you talk about upside the upside thing i think was a bigger factor you know 10 15 years ago than it is today i think the burnout is going to be a bigger factor nowadays Mm. than it was back then just because there's so much going on i mean i didn't play football not with pads and, and a helmet until I was like 12 or 13. I, I, I was getting, I was like a year out of going into high school yeah. um, before I started even playing with that stuff. And so, you know, I think the burnout is going to be there, but you're also going to see some crazy talent at the high school level that you wouldn't have seen in the past because there's so much more available to and uh, available to guys nowadays. 
Yeah, so a, a career, it sounds like just full of ups and downs. Now I'm long and gangly at first, coming to your own. You're the number two rated safety in the country, coming to high school behind, I believe, Jerome Sapp. I believe was his name. Uh, well, Jerome, yeah, Jerome Sapp, I think, was the, the number one overall safety, I think. And then I think I was number two. But I think I think the number one strong safety might have been Mike Doss. At Ohio State. I'm pretty sure you know that and you don't think that, Nob. This is something I know that you keep track of <laughs> on a daily basis, not just on a yearly. But um, And then you get to Cal. It wasn't all peaches and cream. You break your ankle your freshman year against USC on a special teams play. You bounce back. You become an all-conference player. You end up getting picked in the last pick of the first round in 2003 draft. You spent a learning year with the Raiders kind of as a backup and a uh, a cotton guy, a cotton piece ball kind of fit in. And then you kind of blow up. Let's run down these accolades really, really quickly because I know you got to go. Three-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, named NFL All-Decade Team for the 2000s, two-time Raiders MVP, Wizard White NFL Man of the Year in 2009, President's Volunteer Service Award in 2008, Jefferson Award for Public Service in 2009, and then National Conference on Citizenship Role Model of the Year in 2012. And you also have been running the Axe Scholarship Tour. Tell, tell us a little bit about that before you go. Yeah, the Axe, uh, about Axe. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I started, um, you know, when I was at Cal, uh, they, uh, some of the, the Berkeley uh, alumni um, were looking for some football players that would help out in the community. So they, they went to our star quarterback, Kyle Bowler, and they said, listen, can you help us out? And when Kyle was doing it, I thought, since I'm the guy on defense, let me also help out. You know, I didn't. it wasn't something that I wanted to do. But we started going around to schools, and we just started talking to, to the kids, that, the, the athletes, and just the regular students. And we would talk to them, give them motivational speeches, read books to them. It was a, it was a really beautiful thing. So I got into the NFL, and I saw some stuff that Derek Brooks, the linebacker with uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was doing. And he was doing some great stuff in the community, so I figured I'd keep it going that sort of way and then I started this program for high school students uh, where we would take college tours across the country and um, started it maybe my third year in the league uh, and just finished uh, my most recent tour three days ago we went to um, Chicago and we saw you know the colleges out there we actually went to the University of Michigan it was the first time that I had been to the University of Michigan since I was there uh, for my that camp when when they offered me my scholarship, and I remembered everything. I remembered every nook and cranny of that place. Um, and yeah, went back there. Coach Jim Harbaugh spoke to the to my high school students. This was just last week, and then we went to Notre Dame, saw that facility. So it was great. So I, I've been doing that that high school program for all these years now, and I, you know I'll just continue doing it. And it's it's been really a, a big passion of mine. No, it's it's a great thing. I see Kevin Hart uh, kind of Kevin brought, Hart was there. He yeah. showed up for us. Yeah, yeah he kind of showed up and showed out for you guys. That was a beautiful thing. Before you go, you've transitioned from NFL into Hollywood. So proud of you. 
uh, Crown Heights, uh, a, a movie that you helped co-produce. Uh, you received uh, Independent Spirit Award for Best Supporting Male Actor, NAACP Image Award nomination for Outstanding Supporting Actor in Variety Magazine's Top 7 Breakout Performances of 2017. Tell us what I'm else you got. I'm trying to get it in, guys. I'm, I'm trying to get it in. Yeah, I'm you are. trying to get it in. Let, let me tell you. Like, Go ahead. Let me, let me tell you. I was in, uh, it was my third, it was my second year in the NFL. We were going through uh, the voluntary workout stage, which I think is what the guys are in right now. Um, you have this period of like voluntary workouts where if you don't show up, even though it's voluntary, uh, you, you know, you're crucified because like you should always be there. And so one of my teammates, uh, this is my second year, one of my teammates, his brother was having a wedding and his wedding happened to be on like a Thursday and it was in Mexico or wherever it was. And so my teammate said, you know, he asked our coach, he said, listen, I got to go. Um, my brother's having a wedding. I'll never forget the coach went up to me and he said, if you leave our team during this critical stage, then you're showing us that you don't want to be here. And it blew my mind. This was in 2004, 2005. And and my teammates said, okay, I'm not going to go to my brother's wedding. I'm going to stay here wow. and make sure that I'm here for the voluntary workout. God is my witness. We get to training camp, which is maybe, you know, four months later, and he gets cut. Mm. So he missed his brother's wedding for the sake of the team and still got cut at the end of the day anyway. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget the impact that had on me. And just that was the moment when I started thinking to myself, I got to start looking at what I'm going to do after I play this game because it can end at any moment. It wasn't an injury. You know, it wasn't somebody telling me this thing can end. I had to watch one of my good friends get cut from the team for, for sacrificing for the team, after sacrificing for the team, for me to realize that, uh, you know, it's not going to last forever. Yeah, there's no doubt. So you, you're blowing up Hollywood. What are you working on currently right now that we can kind of look forward to in the future? Uh, they're all secrets, man. They're all they're all. <laughs> we, we, I don't want to one. I don't want to jinx them, and 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 two, they're not out there yet. So I'll but keep. I'll let you guys know when it's ready to pop. Yeah, because you know we're gonna be all over. Right, I think Greg's got one more question. Go ahead, Greg. Bobby, I can't let you go without asking a couple NFL questions, though. Your story is awesome yeah. for me. Hey, so you yeah. played against some of the greatest receivers of all time, Randy Moss. You played against everybody. Who was the toughest guy for you to cover back in the day? Who was your toughest, toughest receiver to go head to head with? Easy answer. Easy, easy answer. Easy. What's the answer, Keith? Randy Moss. Yeah, Randy Moss. I've told. I mean, I've told Keith this a, a few times, and I'll say it. I, I I say it. It's different. I'll say it because he is the. He's also the first receiver I ever covered. So my rookie year, I had separated my shoulder, so I missed the first two um, game, first two preseason games. Our third preseason game was against Minnesota, and you know the rookies don't come in until like the second half. It's third third preseason game. You're not going to come in until maybe the fourth quarter. And I came in, and I'm like, all right, great. I'm, it's fourth quarter, so I, who am I going to play against? It's one of these, you know, the, the younger guys. I can't wait. <laughs> and we come out, and here comes Randy Moss onto the field. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's the fourth quarter. Like, what's this? This is my first ever play in the NFL. And it, it was preseason. And 
the moment that uh, their quarterback said hike, I took off running like he was running a nine. Round. I, you know, I was ten yards ahead of him, beating him to the end zone, and it was a running play. So, you know, it was <laughs> it was, uh, it was a it was a great introduction. But I played with Randy for a few years um, with the Raiders, so I got to see him every day at practice. So that's that's the main reason that I would say Randy Moss was the toughest because he, I sort of really developed who I was as a player under him, like under playing against him every day. And he gave me the greatest challenge. Now in game, there were so many, you know, great receivers that I went against. But if I could say overall, it would it would be Moss. Hey Greg, you have got to see the Randy Moss Namdi practice tapes. Oh my God. It is phenomenal. <laughs> Noms, I know we- you still have them. Yeah, we we went at it. I, in the beginning, I would say the the first, you know, several practices, it was definitely one-sided. And then from that point on for like the next 2 years, it was battle after battle. Oh my we, goodness. We went at it. it was it was it was some great stuff. There's... We were both it, I was I, I would say we were both I was in my I was I was in my early early prime. Like I was just hitting it. Like I hadn't reached my prime. And he was kind of, you know, his prime was sort of going out. And so it was like we were just trying to, we were just trying to, we were we were two guys scrapping, you know, for any little bit of um, success that we could get. Yeah, you guys great. just competing, just competing. It, yeah. was, it was good stuff, though. And yeah. What about T.O.? No, I mean, Jerry go against Terrell Owens. What, was, what were those battles like? He was a, a 2000s guy, right? He was, that was when he, kind of when he was really in his prime, was the, the 2000s when you played? Yeah, he's a, he's a little bit just like Moss. He's a little bit before me. I I did play against him once, and that was in '05. We were playing against Philly. We went down to Philly, um, but I followed. I believe I followed a guy named Greg Lewis, and Charles Woodson followed To that game. So okay. I never got to see him. Um, that same year, we played against the, the Cowboys. I remember following Keyshawn the whole game, and and. Charles followed Terry Glenn, uh, rest in peace, um, that entire game. But we did a lot of that uh, while Charles was there. Well, you got to tell me about Keyshawn. How, how much jaw ja- jacking was he doing that whole matchup with you? Yeah, that was his whole. That was his whole mo. You know, he, he, <laughs> was he saw stick. the young guy. Yeah, he saw the young guy that that he didn't really have much tape on, and you know, if he got one catch. Then he started, you know, talking as much as possible. It was really like there was a third down or a fourth down play. It was on the goal line. It was the last play of the game. So it must have been the fourth down play. Um, it was a third down play, and then it was fourth down play after that. It was to win the game. They tried to fade to Keyshawn. I broke it up, and it was the one time that I talked trash to him the whole game. I waited until the end. He was in my ear the whole game, and then that last moment, I broke it up. And I, didn't, I let him hear it all the way back to the bench, man. And we won that game, so I'll, I'll never forget that. What'd you say, now? I mean, transparent truth, Eddie. What'd you, what'd you say to Keyshawn Johnson? I gotta know. Oh, Keep man. it clean. I, I Keep it clean. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yes, it you do. Something. Oh no, I don't. He's a he's a Southern California guy. He's a, is he? Do, he's not Dorsey, is he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 He's Dorsey, so he's a, another LA City guy. So we shared that bond. He's also, he was also a Pac-10 guy, so we shared that. But, yeah, I got it. I got in his face a little bit. Another name great. Another name to throw out here, Chad Johnson. Ocho Cinco. You guys had some battles. Oh, man, we had some battles. Oh, yeah. We had some great. 
We had some really – and he was also a, a big supporter of mine, too. I'll, I'll never forget. I, I think it was my – it was my – uh, it was my first Pro Bowl, and I got in very, very late. And um, and so I'm. It, it was too late to kind of. There was an injury, and it was too late to kind of get there. And I'll never forget. Like Chad must. He put out something on the internet saying like the best corner in the NFL um, couldn't make the Pro Bowl, and this that, and the other. But I got a ton of respect for him, and I, I had never spoken to him before. So it was a real big shock for me to see, it. and then we battled each other a couple times after that, and it was always a respect thing. But he was he was dynamic as a wide receiver. He was he was one of a kind back then. He's got a son that's up and coming. He's a sophomore right now. Chad Jones at Venice, another city guy who's going to be really good, really good kid too. Nandi. So uh, what's his name? Chad Johnson Chad Jr. Johnson. Chad Johnson. Yeah. Oh, oh he's you a little bit. That Chad's got it. Yeah, he's the sophomore, but. Uh, now he's going to be special. Really good kid too. I really enjoyed talking with him. But hey, my, my last question because I don't, we probably kept you way too long. I apologize for that. It's probably more me just jaw jacking with you. But I, I was curious. Do you still follow Narbon? Because back when I, you know, we covered you at Narbon. Narbon was, you know, wasn't a whole lot to brag about. But now nobody knew you know, Narbon. Yeah, dude, and now, and now like a top five team, not just in the city. They're top five in all of Southern California next year. I mean, they just keep reloading. Are you aware of how good they are? Do you kind of still follow the program now? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There were some years there where, I, you know, where they were just doing some incredible things. I, in the, the early years of them sort of getting it, which was maybe about six, seven or so years ago, and now they're just it's, – it's ridiculous what's going on over there. And I, I used to send them some – some cleats every year from Nike, and I'd always, you know, stay in touch with the program. I'm still, you know, talking with some of the coaches there. So it's really, it's really great to see what they're doing over there. It's, it, like I said, no one knew Narbon when I was there. I think they were only known for women's basketball. Yeah. So now yes. all of a sudden it's a, it's a big football school, and so I'm, you know, just extremely proud of of what they've been able to do. Yeah, no question. Well, who's hey, the top, who's the top? Who's the top defensive back in the nation right now? Who's the top one coming out? Who's the guy that I need to, to know about? Um, safety or corner, think? it doesn't Probably matter. Akeem Dent would be the top corner right now, maybe? Yeah, there's a kid out in South Florida named Akeem Dent. But if you talk about here on the West Coast, we got a few. Michael Wright out of Valencia, Chris Steele out of St. John Bosco, Max Williams out of Sarah. Those three guys are kind of the top three guys on the West are Coast. Are they tall guys? Um, six feet. So Mike Hale's about five eleven. Chris Steele's about six feet. Max Williams, shorter guy, probably about five nine or so. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, I got a soft spot for the taller guys out there. Just let me know, Keith. When you get one on your radar, let me know. Oh, oh I got one. Well, there's a twenty twenty kid that's special. He's got Namdi written all over. His name is Elias Ricks out of modern oh. day. He out is of modern Nam- day. Yes, okay. absolutely. Uh, Namdi okay. clone, but I will say even faster. At the same stage, but we'll see if you have your hunger <laughs> and your work ethic when it gets to that next level, Nandi. No question. Yeah, good stuff. All right, good hey, stuff. hey, we appreciate you joining the Transparent Truth. My guy, Nandi Asmoa, GB, appreciate you guys. Good to talk to you guys. All right, bro, Thanks, we see Nandi. you. All right, we appreciate Nandi joining us on the show. GB, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? You know, it was too short, Keith. That was way too short. I know you told him 15 minutes. We went 40. It could have been two hours. I still would not have been satisfied. That was that was such a good time. I, I love every every minute of that interview. Yeah, no question. I mean, what sticks out to me, GB, is is 
you know, your relationship with him, I didn't know was as strong as it was, or, or your past relationship, right? Your your relationship when it, when he was a young kid, he talked about how, you know, some of your words really kind of motivated him, kind of made him think. Um, so I know he's very, very appreciative of that. And also, him being that kind of gangly, kind of late bloomer who kind of shot up from 5'9 to 6'2 within a year and a half and then really developed athletically, really in college. Um, in high school, he was a pretty good athlete. In college, he became a great athlete. And next thing you know, he was running 4'3 uh, at his pro day. So, you know, that's what kind of sticks out to me. Just his stick to his ability to dig deep, that intestinal fortitude, and really be able to listen to the guys that are were around him to really help him out and point him in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of cool. You know, he, he was he's a loyal guy. He mentioned those, uh, you know, great guys. The real Coach Carter, we always called him. He did a lot of his combine training where we all said, dude, why are you going with this guy for? Go with, you know, Tom Shaw. Go, you know, one of these world-renowned guys. He's like, this is my guy. I'm going to stick with him. And all this shit paid off. But, uh, you know, just, again, just the humility. And it was funny. You know, he was such a nice kid in high school. He's obviously still is, but when you talk to him, you know, you always kind of wonder, how is this guy – going to be an animal on the football field, but he was able to just flip that switch, man, because off the field, you wouldn't meet a, a more of a mild-mannered, just yes, sir, no, sir, so polite, so well-spoken, and, and on the football field, man, he, he just changed, you know, I, I remember going to the game against Cal his freshman year, and just seeing, the, you know, just the way, just the, the arm-waving and just the way he played was so much different than he, his persona off the field, so I, I loved it about him, but... No, that was cool. I'm glad you got him on here. And like I said, man, we that was so much fun. I wish I wish it never ended. We could still be talking to him right now and talking about some NFL stories and college stories and all that good stuff. Yeah, no question about it. So we appreciate you guys joining us on the show. Uh, this is the Transparent Truth. This is the number one high school football podcast in the nation. That's not to be dis- dis- disputed or argued. From my man Greg Biggins, your boy Coach Keith. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're out there. Jump on YouTube. Follow the channel. Don't miss the show. It's the Transparent Truth. We're dropping every week, Wednesday, Fridays, Five Star Fridays. GB, Coach Keith. That's how we doing things. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.